This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. What if there was a way you could know the future of the stock market, America, the world, even your own? What if there was a 3,000-year-old mystery determining world events right now? One so precise it foretold the collapse of Wall Street down to the dates and hours, even the timing of 9-11. What if it foretells a coming calamity you can prepare for? The Mystery of the Shemitah Unlocked by New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn. This riveting DVD will forewarn you of what lies ahead. It may just change your life. Islamic State, uh, they do know. They got their ass kicked, right, uh, here in Texas. Well, they, I mean, they had an incredible attack against us. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, incredibly bad. Um, <laughs> it was good for us. It was bad for them. Uh, two of theirs died, none of ours. Um, that was a good, that was a good for day for us, right? They died for the cause. Well, they died kind of meaninglessly because they didn't do anything. You know, they shot somebody in the leg. He's fine. Treated and released from the hospital. It was a good day for us. Uh, but they claim now, of course, the involvement in the attack. And they say what is coming will be even bigger and more bitter. Uh, for you, probably. Yes. I mean, can't get much smaller, smaller right. than it was. Yeah, it did, you did nothing. Yeah, you got nothing accomplished. Next time, will you shoot a toe? Is that... <laughs> I mean... I don't... Uh, a calf muscle? What will you get... Um, uh, look, I mean, we, we don't want to ask for any of this, no. but, uh, you know, you don't want to mess with Texas. People here are armed and they will fight back. And they we saw evidence of that uh, Sunday night. I will say, though, that guns are not the answer. Can we at least say that? Wouldn't no, it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't this situation have gone better if those cops were not armed? Like Ed Schultz recommended. Uh, mm-hmm. If you Good remember, point. he recommended the police should Good not be point. armed. And this mm-hmm. is what I think what would have gone much better uh, if we only would have taken the weapons away from the people inside and the people defending the place. Can you imagine that? You would have had 20 people dead yeah. out of that. Yeah. 30, 40 people, who knows? Uh, instead, you have two, and they're both terrorists. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, they made an audio statement on the extremist group's Al Bayan radio station. Uh, said two soldiers of the caliphate carried out the attack in Garland. It did not provide details, interestingly, because the details, again, are not good for them. Uh, but and it was unclear whether the group was uh, opportunistically claiming the attack as its own or was it really theirs? I, I, I hope so. I, I hope they found out that this is not going to be... You know, this is not going to be good for them. Uh, The statement says, we tell America that what is coming is more bitter and harder. And you will see the soldiers of the caliphate. What harms you? 
you will see, oh, from the soldiers of the caliphate. Okay. I thought maybe their English was really, really bad. <laughs> you will see from the soldiers of the caliphate. Mine really is bad. just yeah. really, My reading <laughs> skills are not good. Uh, on Monday, there were hints that members of the Islamic State group were involved in the attack. In 2010, authorities arrested Elton Simpson in Phoenix. Uh, he was the target of a terror investigation that had begun some four years earlier. This guy's been known to the FBI, apparently, for quite a while. Yeah, and I mean, what do you do? I mean, if he hasn't attacked anybody, you, you know, you, it's it's tough to do anything. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if you can, you know, you can only arrest them on when they commit crimes. And thank God we live in a country that believes that. Um, but in this particular instance, these two guys came out and uh, could have been a lot worse if well, we didn't have uh, our Second Amendment rights and, and good police officers who were working to protect people. One thing we could do is uh, put three people in a milk bath, uh, two of them male, one of them female. Okay. She would probably lead the group. Okay. And you could attach electrodes to them that would be hooked to a machine, and then they would see things in the future, like from this guy, and then y you would kind of get a glimpse of where this thing happens, and you'd have somebody put it together on a screen. It was kind of high-tech. Uh, and then you would send a police force of some sort to the place to stop what they were going to do. You could do that. Did you just come up with that? Because I think yeah, there, was a, there was a documentary or something that long ago really? that showed something like that. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good idea, right? I don't. <laughs> yes. Call it future crimes or something. You, you, you Preventing future crimes right. of some sort. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with if that. If they're crimes, right? don't commit the future crime and you won't be arrested for the future crime. Correct. Or don't but, think about committing the future crime. Yeah, and if there's That's mistakes made, you, you'd put it in a report or something of some kind. Like a, I don't know. Like maybe one of them would have had a report. He'd be the minority because there's only one, you know, so. Hmm. Can you imagine oh, what would happen to those poor, what were they called? Precogs? Precogs. Yeah. Precogs with Jeffy in their society. Like they just, their, their alarm bells would be going off constantly. <laughs> I know, that whole thinking about it. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just the thinking he does. There's so many crimes that go on in there. But then the actual crimes that you're about to commit? Oh, man. Oh my gosh. They'd have nothing Jeez. else to do. Everyone know. else would be First running free. First of all, let's be clear. I do not commit all the crimes I think of. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going record as that did right I say now. that he did? That up. No. I, mean, I believe that you do, but yeah. I didn't say it. Uh, but, uh, but thank you again for you're that, welcome. Jeffy. Mm -hmm. uh, Simpson once said, I'm telling you, man, we can make it to the battlefield. Uh, he he was recorded saying that uh, in 2009. It's time to roll. <laughs> I think you you misused "let's roll" a little bit there. I think so. Uh, I think that was kind of yeah. designed to stop people like you, uh, yeah. not to encourage them. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's it's a bizarre story. There's a lot of bizarre t Texas stories right now. Um, there's another one with this these military exercises. Uh, defense officials are saying it was wild speculation as a claim of a massive summertime exercise called Jade Helm 15 for Special Operations Commandos as a covert operation by President Obama to take over Texas. I would say that probably is not <laughs> going to occur. What? I, I am not familiar with that story. Really? Oh, no. they've been going yes. on about this it's, for quite yeah, a while. Really? Yeah. Well, there's two, there's multiple elements to it. You Has have, Obama taking over Texas? That's sort of like the conspiracy <laughs> angle to it. Um, there's also an angle of, you know, Massive military exercises. Wasn't it Greg Abbott who didn't Greg? Was it Greg Abbott that said he was going to take? He was going to have some uh, people monitor 
uh, the, this exercise. Oh yeah. Um, but that was not, mm. you know, it's he's. I don't and think Texas he isn't alone. Obama's there's other states that are. I mean, there's yeah. more than one state that's going to be taken over by Obama. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Here it is: Texas State Guard. Uh, Gar Gar uh, Greg Abbott's order. Uh, last week for the Texas State Guard to monitor the exercises. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, they're saying uh, Operation Jade Helm poses no threat to any American civil So there civil is an Operation Jade Helm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's just, just not Obama's <laughs> operation to take over Texas. Well. Right. It's a military training exercise. Um, but, you know, every time one of these things happens, every time there's a large Jeep in any city, people yeah, freak out. I know. I, look, there's been a lot of overreach by the government, so I can understand people doing that. Most of the time, though, our military is not trying to take over states for the president. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. On a percentage basis, it's unlikely that President Obama it's would try to take over It's happened less often Texas. than you would think. Yeah, like... You know, like if you think it's ever happened, it's happened less, less than often that. Less often than... Yeah, less yeah, often just than Just that, that, though. Um, but, you know, I guess there's, there is that... There's always concern of military action in the United uh -huh. States. There always is. Um, and then, of course, there are certain websites that go and always blow those things out of proportion. Um, Everything like such as what? Uh, Jeffy, what's the website you uh, you run? That uh, I think it's hotteens.xxx. Always taking that stuff out of proportion. Well, first of all, Jade Helm 15 is not a military exercise. Okay. <laughs> Jade Helm 15 is the name of one of your actresses. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> here name is, and age. <laughs> well, uh, CBS uh, New York Times poll. Um, now, if you remember. Uh, this kind of proves, I think, the basis of the Obama presidency. We all sat here and said, I don't know, he, he seems a little bit too liberal, but then we re realized that he was going to be a post-racial president, and it was worth electing yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Is he in line policy-wise oh. with the United States? Well, almost every poll I mean, showed he wasn't. Right. But he's a post-racial president. Finally, he's going to have, you know, mm -hmm. be, we're going to be in office uh, with, the, with, a, with an African-American president. He's going to be able to... about race. Race is not care about race. He's going to solve these issues. Yeah. This is the ultimate statement to say, hey, we're not racist. And this president's going to come in and say, hey, wait a minute. I know you're not racist. You elected me. Let's solve these things. We're going to take big steps to solve these racial divides. And he really has done a good job uh, doing that. Now, only 61% of Americans characterize race relations as bad. <laughs> only the 61%. That's it. Um, including a majority of white and black respondents, um, which is the highest since 1992. So mm -hmm. just the uh, just the 23 years, though. I mean, it's not the highest in a thousand years. No, or uh, a million, or a billion years. It's just the highest in the last couple decades, plus a little bit more. It's not the highest since we crawled out of the primordial slime. Mm -hmm. So get mm -hmm. over yourself. Yeah, get over yourself. He's not that high. If you if you were to draw okay. a line from this poll to the primordial slime poll. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you would see a slight decrease. <laughs> so how about that? <laughs> yeah. How about a third term for Barack Obama? We'll really get this thing knocked out. Yeah. Right that? after the mm -hmm. primordial slime, it was about 64%. Right. It's gotten down three points since then. <laughs> I think in the Civil War, uh, there was a poll that showed it at 62. Really? Uh, now it's 61. Oh, okay. So there's a real good, we got a good trend going there. Thanks a lot, Barack. Uh, it's headed almost straight down. Yeah. It's the first time since 1997 that majorities of both white and black Americans res believe race relations are poor, which is weird because we had that. We had a president who did not care about black people for eight years. Uh, if you remember Kanye right. George West. George Bush uh, uh, professor didn't Kanye. care about black people. Right. Uh, professor Kanye West uh, illustrated that and uh, let us know. 35% um, um, of, uh, let's see, this is... Um, 
Uh, Americans have grown sharply um, uh, more negative in the poll, even compared with earlier this year. 62% of whites saying race relations are bad, compared with just 35% in February. Black respondents have historically had more negative view than white respondents about race relations, which is not uh, quite a shock, terrible But now the surprise. pessimism is, uh, is yeah. more similar. Not a surprise at all. I mean, obviously, with the flare-ups of Baltimore and Ferguson and, uh, you know, white cops being shot in New York and... I mean, you know, the racial attack of the black police officers against this black man in uh, in um, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, the racism against blacks by blacks is unconscionable. Um, it is. It's weird. I, I wouldn't. I don't know why they they don't they don't like themselves is per it, se. Um, and when you think about it, is it ninety two percent? Of crime against blacks is committed by blacks, isn't it? Ninety-two. Um, it could be. It's not a hundred. No, it's not. So why is that eight percent happening? Whites uh, or Hispanics? Well, they're whites if they're committing crimes. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when when someone commits a crime, a Hispanic person becomes a white person. I have seen. Um, when, now, when they're good average people who came across the border to work at jobs Americans just mm -hmm. won't do, they're Hispanic. Right. Uh, but when they commit crimes, they become white. Or if they're half and half and they become president, they're black. They are black. That, that, okay. they, they Don't will call be, them white. Yes, no, Don't, call, Don't ever even reference the fact that there's any white in them. You don't want none of that. Right. You don't want none Unless, of, of course, you're defending one of his policies that seems to uh, be opposed to uh, white people. White people. Then, then he's you say, wait a minute, this guy's half white. Guy's, How can you be criticizing yeah. him? Guy's part white. That's just, what, does he hate himself? Right. That's where you need to understand. <laughs> it, is an, that is, it is an amazing standard. All of those things are true. Here. And, it, these, and these are, are the, uh, the standards of, uh, of discourse in this country. <laughs> this is what you can say and what you can't say. It's really amazing what really. we've come to, isn't it? <laughs> you think? It's amazing. Yeah, I think. You think. He thinks. I think it is. He thinks, America. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Uh, 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. Uh, and, of course, we... Avoided the biggest issue of the day, and that's Mike Huckabee announced for president. Yeah. Announced for president, Stu. Mike Huckabee is in the race. Mike Huckabee. He is. Are you going to get a song tomorrow? Can we get a full song tomorrow? Is that possible? Yeah, I think that's possible. I'd, I'd like to hear that because you, you are really pumped up. I'm, oh, man. <laughs> I'm psyched about Mike Huckabee. He is yeah, now, I mean... There's nobody better. Because until we got into this, until today, there's mm. no clear last police guy to me that, of people that Whoa. have actually announced... Right, because you but know, you no, got, there is. There's got, a dead yeah, last. Cruz, Rubio, Fiorina, mm -hmm. uh, Paul, and who's the fifth one? Uh, Carson. Carson. Like all of them are all. You know, they all have good points, and you know, I would say bad points. They don't all have bad points. I don't know if Ted Cruz has a point I, I don't like about him yet, but still, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of good, and you know, but all pretty good. Huckabee's the first one that I think sucks. Oh yeah, and I, we expect Jeb Bush to be in. We expect Scott Walker to be in on the positive side. We expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, many more candidates. We think, I mean, looking at the list, I really do think, I mean, is Rick Perry going to run? I think so, right? I mean, I'll be surprised if Rick he Perry doesn't to. run. Well, you he better he get in to. soon because uh, the Huckster's taking us from uh, <laughs> hope to higher ground. From this dumb <laughs> to a nice <laughs> suburb. So, from hope to higher ground. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's so. going to be part of the song tomorrow. Uh, all right, 888-727-BECK. You can get your 72-hour kit right now for 10 bucks. I mean, this is an offer that we've been talking about for a while, and I can't believe they're still making it. Mm -hmm. The $10 includes shipping, too. So this is it's an even more amazing deal. 
Uh, so call them at 800-274-3040. If you haven't gotten your feet wet yet with uh, food preparation, with being prepared for whatever eventuality, maybe you're just out of work for a while, maybe maybe uh, you know a, a weather disaster happens and you're you're locked in the house for three days. That's where the 72-hour kit comes in. Yeah, and you'll be fed for three days. And by the way, we don't awesome. make this point a lot. The food's really good. So Delicious even if you, yeah. uh, you know, you're just too lazy to go back out to the store, if you're like Jeffy, you're on, a, you're on the couch, uh, you're, you're not really going to roll over and get into, a, into the car, uh, you can, you can uh, demand your wife makes you some Don't think that hasn't happened. Uh, it's called being right. prepared. It's called being prepared. what you're selling it for. The food's really good. It comes in these easy-to-store uh, packages like this. Uh, and, you know, it makes it so you don't have to be, um, uh, you know, a high-level prepper or really even understand that world yet. Uh, but you can get in there and you can uh, get your feet wet, as Pat was saying, for 10 bucks, including shipping. Call 800-274-3040. It's the first step to preparedness. 800-274-3040. Call now. It's My Patriot Supply. Not just food, it's freedom. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. You know who's great uh, that we haven't seen enough of lately is Bill Clinton. I was thinking Bill the same Bill. Bill reverse thing. Were you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing coincidence. Mm. Not, but um, let's uh, let's take a look at him defending uh, the foreign donations oh, uh, provided to the Clinton Foundation because you know there's nothing to this. No. There's nothing to it. Here he is. I don't think there's anything sinister in trying to get wealthy people and countries that are seriously involved in development to spend their money wisely in a way that helps poor people and lifts them up. I don't think there's anything bad with that. I think it's good. There has been a very deliberate attempt. Is he missing teeth? To take the foundation down. And there is almost no new fact that's known now that wasn't known when she ran for president the first time. I don't think that I did anything that was against the interests of the United States. Do you understand, though, that the perception itself is a problem? No. You don't? No. Look, I don't want to get into the weeds here. I'm not responsible for anybody else's perception. I asked Hillary about he's this, good. and she said, you know, good no one's ever tried to influence me by helping you. No one has even suggested they have a shred of evidence to that effect. Well, look, we know this guy is a world-class <laughs> liar, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. He does it better than just about anybody, except with the possible exception of Barack Obama. Uh, and he might even be more convincing at it than Obama. Yeah, I think is. he's more convincing. Uh, because he, could, he looked right at us, man. He looked right... I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Louis. He was pissed. He was legitimately pissed I off that him. you would dare 
you would dare think that he had sex with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. I, not, I did not have sex with her. And then, you know, t to find out that he did multiple times and for quite a while, uh, you know, and then people were still like, well, it doesn't matter. It, it, they didn't even realize what a stinking liar he was. All of his supporters just blew it off like, ah, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's his personal life. Not that, okay, he just proved himself to be one of the best liars I've ever seen. So, you know, how do we, how do you believe anything he says about the Clinton Foundation or any of it? Right. And, you know, look, it isn't his job to, to manage perceptions. And I always hate that because you're supposed to come out and, and, and deal with that. But in reality, you know, the issue is not the perception of those people. It's the things that you've done. I mean, they've said this how many times? We don't have a shred of evidence. I mean, that's just, A, not true. The book is mm. packed with evidence. Uh, it's coming. Mm. Is it out already or is it coming out uh, soon? I think we have uh, the author. I think it's out this week. Maybe today. Actually, it might be today, right? Because today's the I don't fifth. know. Um, I think it comes out today. I think we have him on. I think he's in town next week, oh. Peter Schweizer. Um, so we're going to talk to him about it. And, uh, you know, look, Peter does his homework. That's one thing you're, you can't say yeah, that he's, he's not making the stuff up. He's not a schlocky journalist yeah. It's, yeah, at look, all. There are books that have come out about the Clintons that have been nonsense, uh, largely. Uh, this is not one of them. This is a really well-researched, going-through-financial-reports type of look uh, at what they've done since he's left office. Yeah. And uh, it's not good. I mean, we all know this. Everybody knows this. I don't know that it makes an impact as far as uh, whether people uh, think it's a big issue that they're lying to you. I think they know that they're lying to you. I think most people mm. don't. I mean, Hillary's trustworthy ratings are not good. They're way underwater. But people just are going to vote for her anyway, it seems like. Mm -hmm. They just don't care. Uh. Uh, what she did care, this reporter anyway, uh, cared about was the money he's making on speeches, and they cover that. You certainly didn't grow up wealthy, but you've become a wealthy man. I have. I had, yes, and one of the most have, amusing uh, things yes. of all well, yeah. is yes. everybody saying, well, how can Hillary possibly relate to the currents of middle class America because now we have money? I mean, it's laughable. It's okay if you inherit your money, apparently, then you can help people. I'm grateful for our success, but let me remind you, when we moved into the White House, we had the lowest net worth of any family since Harry Truman. When you left, you had $14 million in legal bills. More. That's okay. She we helps paid. him out. She helps and him out And we've been there. very fortunate. I give 10% of my revenue off the top every year to the foundation. And Hillary, in the years she was there, gave 17 Okay. Over the last 15 years, I've taken almost no capital gains. And I've given 10% more to pay my bills. And because in the... Regular working why? Americans look and say, uh, uh, $500,000 for a why speech. Well, why shouldn't every... So. It's the, most, it's the most independence I can get. And I have turned down a lot of them. If I think there's something wrong with it, I don't take it. And I do disclose... Who gave them to you so people can make up their own So money. she's now running for president. Will you continue to give speeches? Oh, yeah. Like, i, I got to pay question her bills. I mean, what a... a okay, I, I mean, she's really into the weeds there. What? A, yeah. Who are you to tell him that he shouldn't be making... If he can get $17 billion per speech, yeah, get it. why wouldn't you? Right. If somebody's... Hey, Pat, we'd like you to do one speech that will... Uh, set up you and your family for uh, a hundred generations. 
Will you do it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I don't care if my wife is is running for queen of the world. Right. I'm going to do it. Well, the, the reason, what do I, mean, I care? The, I mean, why is that wrong? If, he, if somebody will pay him half a million dollars for an hour of his time, yeah. who's going to turn that down? Well, she's running for president, I get. But the question, I That's think, is when, if she bull. were to become president. So what? You know, well, if she's first president. Lady, has there any first ladies worked? I don't think so. I don't know if they've actually worked or had jobs. But. Well, the issue is you could be accused of buying influence to the White House. If, you're, if, you know, if you do a speech for Comcast and they spend $500,000 to bring your husband well, in, he and would have to, help he'd have to be careful right, about yes, that. Yeah. But there's no reason for him to stop doing speeches when she's president. I mean, I, mean, I, I can't the only stand reason. Bill Clinton, but come on. Again, it's the perception. That's ludicrous. I, I think that is to some degree. You're going to ask him to stop making money while she's in the White House? Why? She should, yeah, shouldn't have to. I agree. Uh, you know, the buying influence thing is a, is a legitimate concern. It would probably, probably, at some point, cause problems for her. Yeah, if he's doing, um, you know, if, if if he's doing some kind of speech for Raytheon and it's something he wouldn't normally do, and they're they're, they're I know, lobbying the White House for some government contract, you know, then maybe that's I think it's going to be. I, I think it would be hard yeah. to to be able to be pure enough to continue doing it. Um, you know, unless you're doing it for like a chair, you're doing it for like United Way, you probably can do it. But I mean, uh, you know, some charity. But again, making all that money from a charity would be bad too. I, I, there's they, you want to at that point probably limit how much you hurt your wife. Now he didn't care about that in the past. No, uh, but no, he did not. <laughs> I would say that you know you had that situation where um, it, look at what's happening here. I mean, they, in their mind, they might think they're completely clean. They've done all these wonderful things. They've donated mil tens of millions of dollars to charity. They've done all these yeah, unbelievable theirs. things. To yeah, their charity. Right. But, I mean, those that's been spent on, you know. But, again, you can go through those financials and find lots of problems. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the issue. The other thing is, and the, the bigger thing is, can you continue to do $500,000 speeches when at the same time you're criticizing people for not working for their money and not, not earning their money and rich people are, aren't the real workers, the, the middle class are? No, can that's the part of that that pissed yeah. me off when he said, yeah. well, it's, it's laughable what I, I, can, I can give to charity if I make my hard-earned money, but, but it's, it's okay for people who inherited it. Well, what, what, why did that become the issue? Why did you jump to people who inherit money? I mean, who, scant few, like 20%, less than 20% of wealthy Americans inherit their money. 80% of wealthy Americans earned their own money. There just aren't very many Vanderbilts uh, and Kennedy families left, and most of them are Democrats. Yeah, and by that the way, are. of course, the Vanderbilt family... Did earn their money, it, you know. They yes, did. you can but inherit they, it as well. Then they passed it down. They passed it down, but it goes away. It goes away it fast too. I, I remember we were at and the. And it apparently uh, the has gone away. Yeah, we were at for the Vanderbilt family because uh, uh, what's his face is a member. And uh, Anderson and, Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Anderson um, Cooper, and he didn't get he didn't get a, a massive fortune. Their famous uh, mansion is in um, uh, in, the, in Rhode Island, and it's called the Breakers, um, right? So that's that's them, right? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember. I think that's the name of it. And so we, were, we, we took a tour of that one time when we were visiting uh, Newport. It's you know beautiful city and these just gigantic mansions that like show that old school like nineteen roaring twenties like 
you know, this, and I, I, I love it there. I, I always get pissed off that they're museums now because I want them to actually mm. just be one family residence. Nobody could afford it, though. So yeah, no one could afford it. Over. But that's the thing. As they were describing, we were talking to the guy, and, like, they had, at one point, I think it was them, that had something like 20% or, like, or like man, it could have been that high. I can't remember what the number was. But it was multiple percent of the nation's wealth, one family. And it's like, well, you have that. How can it ever go away? How is every one of your kids not the most wealthy people? And, of course, the kids were, but they had, he had, they had a lot of kids, and they had a lot of grandkids. And a couple of generations, you're down to eh, nice inheritance. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, it goes fast when you start dividing it up like that. And um, looking at a big inheritance, I mean, you start losing the drive to uh, create anything. As, yeah. I mean, you start going, I got that inheritance. I'm... I'm going to go to the beach. Yeah, and I I would be too. I mean, you know, you might do some things that you care about, but, you know, there's a lot of days I wake up and I think to myself, you know what would be awesome right now? Going back to sleep. And I would <laughs> make sure I did that on a routine basis. Would that make me the most productive citizen? Would yeah, if, if you didn't have to get up at uh, 3.30, why would you? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm spending why all you? my money on drugs so that no one mm-hmm. can inherit any. Yeah, I want to make sure that it's all gone, and that's the best way to spend it. Been my philosophy for a number of years. <laughs> we know it has. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. We have to do this Bernie Sanders stuff. Oh yeah, the Bernie's I, I up. must have more Bernie Sanders and video every day. So you shall. You know who's on fire right now with support? Bernie Sanders. Yeah! Colonel Sanders' brother, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Are they Colonel and Bernie like like that, the close in that family? And the whole the whole Sanders uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken family. Yeah, is, I don't think like, he's related. Super, super tight. Super tight. Well, he's related to Yum Brands. This story, was on the, really? this, this story of Bernie Sanders was on the show sheet, right? Today? Yes. Well, why do we not have Kentucky Fried Chicken here? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. That is a great <laughs> why, point. Why do we not usual. have a bucket of chicken and oh some mashed potatoes gosh. and gravy? How many times why do I have to don't say we have you make three buckets points. of chicken? <laughs> well, two buckets of chicken and some. I'll take some of so those fries. They have those thick fries. Oh, yeah, the yeah, they do. Fries. Pretty tasty. Yeah, those are good. Mash, they have the mashed potatoes there, too. Mm-hmm. Those wedgie yeah. fries are good with and the gravy have, over it. And they have those parfaits for dessert, like oh, the really? parfait that comes in the... Well, I will say I don't, I don't get to KFC too much these days. It's oh, not yeah. really a vegetarian-friendly place. <laughs> You'd be surprised to hear. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's weird. Huh. Um, weird. Even, even if the ones that have the Long John Silver is attached? Yeah. Because that's no, fish. Yeah, no, that's fish. It's weird. <laughs> it's fish. It doesn't really work. You don't make the fish exception? <laughs> no. Because no. I do. I'm mostly, as you know, <laughs> yeah, Pat's mostly vegetarian, mm-hmm. except for I do uh, enjoy a little bit of fish. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some chicken. Mm-hmm. So fish and chicken. There just are some with the white meat about. and pork. And you know the pork, the, the ham, the pork. Yep. The yep. bacon. You're big on the yeah. You're big on the uh, brisket. Your brisket, okay. cow. Mm-hmm. I pulled uh, pulled horse. Um, I'll eat alligator. Yeah, ribs. Uh, where's the brisket? Where's the steak? Ribs. But yeah, but mm-hmm. other than that, pretty much all vegetables. Uh, venison. <laughs> Venison, uh, yep. mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Snake, uh, yeah. veal, veal. The big veal guy. <laughs> I uh, actually—that is the one thing I really won't eat. Really? Why? 
because it's treated poorly its whole life. Oh, my God. The little veals. Stop it. Little calves are kept in a little thing and sort of tortured their whole life and made tender. Tasty, yes, but I try to avoid that. That's, That's where I draw the line. I draw the line at lines. veal, mm-hmm. and I draw the line at uh, uh, pate because of the goose, what they do to you the goose. You only eat eggs f- that are from gras. free-range chickens? Foie gras, yeah. yeah. You mm-hmm. only eat eggs from free-range chickens? Oh, I like to, yeah. I like to eat free-range chicken. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's tasty. Jeffy, on the other hand, will eat anything. Uh, it doesn't even have to be Jeffy food. will eat people that have been tortured. Yes. He doesn't I care. Well, I do care, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I don't want them to be tortured. Hey, hold on. Let's, let's, let's dissect that one for a second. I do care, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I do. I don't even know. It's like the you get the, you get your eight you get your eight dollars there and you get your twenty two cent and you get a minute then you get another fifteen minute and you, pretty soon you got your thirty minute. It's just <laughs> like that. that was. It's just like that. Uh, can right. we watch some Bernie Sanders? Anyway, oh, Bernie Sanders uh, tells us about the incredible support. The guy's on fire. He is. He's got he's got such support you can't believe right now. Literally, you can't believe it. But here. Here's what he said. I have a feeling that things have gone in this past week, uh, in this last few days since you've announced. I have a feeling they have gone better than you, uh, <laughs> Do you expected. Rachel? Or did you see that? Did you see that it would go this well? Well, I had the feeling, uh, Rachel, that there really? was a strong yeah. undercurrent of support. Uh, and when we announced on Thursday, we sent out uh, an email uh, on our website, uh, BernieSanders.com. We got thirty-five thousand responses in, in terms of contributions, and 100,000 people indicated on the first day alone that they wanted to sign up and work on the campaign. And oh, those crap. numbers have gone up in the last few days. So I feel really good about that. You have 100,000 people who have pledged to volunteer on the campaign already? No, actually, we have 175,000. <laughs> What's your plan for how to put all those people to work? That sounds that? like you're going to be weird. the head of a pretty big organization. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we are struggling with right now. But I think the main thing, Rachel, is uh, I think we have a message that is resonating uh, all across this country. And mm. that is the level of income and wealth inequality in this country is grotesque. Oh, geez. You know what's grotesque? Mm. Our Two socialists hitting on each other right there. That, that's what's grotesque, is the love and the chemistry between the two big-time socialists on television. Right so it's a really interesting uh, point grotesque. there, Pat, because I will say this. Watching the tone of that interview, you detect very strongly she that uh, she, she likes him, him and yeah, meaning she that him. she wants him and not Hillary. Oh, yeah. Again, that's a. Uh, oh, yeah. I have no evidence uh, other than just watching that to back that up, so I'm, I'm not speaking for her, but that would be a big thing, as, as, as silly as it seems to us. Uh, it would be a big thing if Rachel Maddow, who's, you know, the, the sort of thought of as the intellectual uh, liberal on television, were to come out in favor of Bernie Sanders over Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. That would be a big deal. Yeah, it would. Um, now, I don't know that she would ever do that, um, and I think she probably recognizes that. Uh, he has no chance of winning, but he, she, he, she probably she's likes. She's enamored. She's with enamored. His policies, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll almost guarantee you that. He's the only one that's honest about him, yeah. and it's the same way we feel about conservative candidates. I like when they come out and say it. I don't yeah. want someone who's going to. I have to trust to believe that they're really conservative. I want someone who's going to come out, Ted Cruz, to come out and say it. People will say, well, Ted Cruz, he just, he, he, you know, he's saying too much and he talks too much about it. He needs to, he needs to be, he needs to moderate his positions. He could be conservative, but once he gets in there, that's what we said. What about Romney? Well, yeah, sure, he sounds moderate, but once he gets in there, he's going to be conservative. I'm sick of that. 
I want someone who's going to come out and argue mm-hmm. for my beliefs and my principles mm-hmm. and do it publicly mm-hmm. and, and not fear uh, what he's saying. And, and Bernie Sanders does that for the left. I mean, if I were on the left right now, if I were a, a, a hardcore liberal, um, I would be supporting him over Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. Big time. Big time. And I, by the way, I recommend that for you if you're, if you're a liberal. You should. You should, because mm-hmm. this is the type of person you want in the field. Like, for example, um, Ron Paul. Uh, not a fan of, of Ron Paul from the perspective of wanting him to be president. You ever think, ask him why they attacked us? <laughs> yes. There are issues I, I did not agree with Ron Paul on, <laughs> though I think he was a positive influence inside the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You know, he brought people uh, to reconsider a lot of things that, uh, you know, that were not considered inside the Republican field for a long time. They had to fight out against libertarian principles. That's a positive thing. And Rand Paul now, I think, I think Ron did pave the way for Rand in a way, and, and, and some of the issues he's bringing up are similar. I think that's positive. And in the same way, if I was a Democrat, I would want this, I would want a Bernie Sanders in there saying, you know what, why can't we admit that we want it to be Scandinavia? Why can't we admit we think Norway is better than the United States? Why not? And he is doing that. And he is, is doing it, and, awesome. and that's a good thing. Yeah, I love it. It's healthy I, for, uh, for a country. I don't buy for a second that he got 35,000 people to donate to his campaign. And I really don't buy that 175,000 volunteers are on board. Come well, on now. I mean, first Come of all, on. saying that you, you're getting 175,000 people is essentially he's signing them up for email lists, right? I mean, that's yeah, not maybe And gonna, maybe, I mean, are there 175,000 really socialists me. in this country? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, maybe. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, socialists get 175,000 votes even you can get i bet with all the socialist parties combined the last election was probably 175,000 votes um uh maybe not but it has in the in the fairly recent past you've seen that and and the only reason you didn't get it is because they had a socialist running in the democratic party so it was a lot easier to feel good about that selection uh Mm -hmm. for socialists recently um but Mm. 35,000 donations would be interesting first of all that'll be trackable we'll know at some point he's gonna have to turn the numbers in and we'll know exactly how many donations he got uh the other thing too is that could be if he's averaging ten dollars it's a few hundred thousand dollars, and that's not that much for a campaign. I mean, that's not as impressive of a number as it might seem um, as he's touting it. And that's what makes you think that Rachel really likes him, because Rachel Maddow is smart enough to know that's not that, that significant. Yeah. You know, if, she, if he raised a million dollars over, you know, 350000 to a million dollars, probably, that's not all that impressive. But if you have 175,000 people committed to filling envelopes, going door to door, answering phones, that's big. It's just not that's real. Pr- that's pretty big. I just, yeah, I don't think that's real. Uh, let's go to Mary. Is it Mary Margaret in North Carolina? Um, hi, you're on the Pat and Stu show. Yes, it's Mary Margaret. Thank hi. you. Um, hi. Uh, y'all were talking about the Vanderbilts a little while ago, yeah. and you mentioned the, the house, the Breakers, up in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. But you forgot about the Biltmore House in Asheville, North Carolina, which is the Beautiful. largest privately owned home in the country. And it's mm. open to tourists, and you can come see it. And several movies have been shot there, like um, Richie Rich and Hannibal and... Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, how long but have yeah, you worked there? Beautiful house up what's here. the uh, what's the square footage of it? Do you know? Honking big. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do not know that. I wish Don't I know. wish I did. I'm sorry, but when you were going to ask, I would have looked it up. 
Uh, we could probably look it up ourselves. The Biltmore. Okay. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mary and Margaret. Uh, uh, looking that up. Looking that up right now. Biltmore, 175,000 square feet. <laughs> that's big. That's it's big. a big boy. That's really big. 175,000 square that's, feet. That's just yes. the house. I mean, the property is, how many, i got to see how many acres That's a, that's a freaking it's mall. It's on thousands of acres. Yep. Wow. By the way, they've re, uh, wow. uh, they have restarted construction on the house we've talked about before. If you've ever seen the documentary, The Queen of Versailles, um, it was, uh, it's, it's a guy who owns a timeshare company married to uh, a woman, and they had a house that was, I think, 30,000 square feet. And, of course, obviously, you're not going to stay in that house, that dub, 30,000 <laughs> square feet. So they're building a... Not if you have a family. No, no. What no. if you have some kids? Right, I mean, exactly. like two or three they kids. They do. They have multiple suddenly children. got five people in 30,000 square feet. Right, that's only 6,000 feet a person. I mean, uh, this is America. And that's when it starts to get this scary. This is America. You feel almost claustrophobic at that point. Yeah. Um, but they are building a 90,000 square foot home. Uh, and that wow. home, uh, they started building, and wow. then the financial collapse happened, and they had to just stop. It was just sitting there, a bunch of concrete for years, and the documentary walks you through their excitement of building the house, and then the things collapse and they can't build it. It's really, it's a, it's a good watch. I mean, it's a little bit overly, you know, they try to make more of a point of like, you know, these these bastard rich people, uh, but it's still really interesting. Um, and uh, but they started, re mm. you know, the economy's turned around. His, his country is doing really, well, uh, company's doing very well again, and he's now. Once again, trying to finish construction on this, they expect it to be done in a couple of years. 90,000 wow. square feet. Maybe we get a picture of that and then the break or something. Um, I can uh, help it's people. A big house. House. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big boy. That's it's a big, a big boy. house. Um, so here's <laughs> top 10 um, largest house. homes in America. Okay. 50 Cent ma Mansion, 48,000 square feet. The Hearst Mansion, 50,000 square feet. The White House is actually 55,000 square feet. I don't know. That yeah. okay. The Spelling Mansion, 57,000. Oh, yeah, that thing. The Sultan oh, of Brunei Estate uh, in Las Vegas, 65,000 square feet. Montegal Way Mansion uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, 65,000 square feet. The Bill Gates Mansion in uh, Washington, 66,000 square feet. Bill Gates has 66,000 mm -hmm. square feet. I mean, you're Bill Gates. You should have 66,000 square feet. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Not the way he is. Oh with, no, he visits with, countries that are. Oh, you mean than saying that he's house. like Mr. Charitable yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, this is junk bond legend Ira Reynolds Mansion, sixty-seven thousand. That's in New York. Overwatch intelligence executive Steve Huff's under construction behemoth, seventy-two thousand. This is from Business Insider, by the way. If you want this list, we'll tweet it out uh, from at Patents Do and at World of Stew. Uh, the Versailles one I was speaking about earlier, um, ninety thousand square feet. Uh, and then uh, you have, uh, let's see, um, Biltmore in Asheville, 175,000 yeah. square feet. And that's uh, also on 8,000 acres. 8,000 uh, <laughs> acres. That's awesome. And I think it was actually, if I remember right, if I remember you got the a story right, it was more than that. And, you know, I mean, they've, they've cut the property way down. Wow. To 8,000. Wow. <laughs> I, I see, I, like so everyone, is that the biggest? Th that's the biggest one. Yeah. The next 000. biggest, Ohika Castle in Huntington, New York. 109,000. So 109 to 175. Quite a uh, drop off here. What would you but do again, with when you 109,000, there are parts of your house you would never visit. You'd never visit. You would never spend any time in them. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to? That's where the help stays. <laughs> no, you don't have the help there. No, the help is in the separate. They're in a separate house. That's a great point. Yeah. They're not in the house. You don't want to. I mean, come on. You can't share to that. To me, though, there's a line, though, when you say, 
you have museums touring that. that that's not a house anymore. No, that's when you have, right. When you have yeah, people I, paying I like to come that. in and look at your house, it's Forget not a house. It. Yeah, no. yeah I, I want it to be you, the real a real uh, a mansion for these rich people is you are you're off the road. You're well back from the road. You could barely mm-hmm. see the house. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like you have to fly a drone over it to get good pictures. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of house I'm talking about. Well, you mm-hmm. see the picture of the Spelling Mansion, though, in L.A. or Beverly Hills that's or wherever it is. I mean, that's a behemoth, too. Yeah. Oh, and they have, you massive. know, the service entrance, the drive along for the service, and the back the back road to the tennis courts. She sold that, right? There. She sold that and moved into some. Did she? Yeah, some little 18,000 square foot. Oh, uh, my condo. gosh. How yeah, can she? 18, How does she 000. even live? <laughs> I don't know. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do come up. Yeah. Whole family. Yeah. This is the, uh, the one under construction. Late seven two seven back. I think we have a picture of this house. Uh, can we show that real quick? Is that possible? Um, it's ninety thousand square oh, feet. Oh, the Versailles. Yeah, thing. the Versailles thing. Yeah. Um, Do we have it? Look at it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, Why would you put Pat and Stu uh, on the house? I don't know, and just kind of have it orange like that. I I, I don't Is that know the what entrance. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And then it apparently changes <laughs> colors. There we go. All right. Nice. Look at this puppy. It's in construction, so <laughs> ninety thousand square feet in Orlando. Look at the just the, I mean, the front deck. It's like where a the hotel. hotel. Stuff. Yeah, it, it does look like a hotel. hotel. At some point, it feels like it's just a hotel, and then it's not. Yes. You know. Also, look how many floors. What is there? Ten floors. Not a place that you're living. That's crazy. That is where they plan to live. I know. That is crazy. Yeah. What? Why? Why, why would like you a, do that? Finally, a what? house built for Jeffy and all of his illegitimate children around the world. I know. The why would you do that was the why correct question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he just wants to. Sh- I mean, you know, the guy, I would say uh, he has a younger, uh, thin wife, and he's maybe not that attractive. Kind of lives the lifestyle. I'll say that. Uh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, you've seen him the, and her? This, this mo- there's, there's a movie about it, the documentary I was talking oh, about, okay. uh, called The Queen of Versailles. And it's about her and how, she, so how they're building So she's hot, this. and yeah, he's I mean, you not. Know, tastes, you know, you may, yeah. they might not be mm-hmm. your thing. But again, like it's kind of a, it's the it's the couple you'd picture uh, owning this house. And again, they tried to vilify them a little bit, and like, you know, here's these awful rich people. And, uh, but you know, the guy did build an amazing, you know, uh, business and uh, has a big fortune. He's not a, an idiot. But you get to the point mm-hmm. where ninety thousand square feet. Good, good for you if that's what you want. I mean, I have no criticism of it. I, I just don't think yeah. I would make the same choice. Seems a teeny bit excessive. Yeah, but again, it's but your freaking you. money. Yeah, right? Thank exactly. You. It's up to you. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, uh, UN scientists are now warning that time is running out to tackle global warming. Wow. Yeah. Except that this is a flashback from two thousand seven. Oh no. Um, the warning came in an intergovernmental panel, the IPCC that they published in Bangkok in 2007. And it said that most of the technology needed to stop climate change in its tracks already exists, but governments must act quickly. I remember this report. Mm -hmm. Uh, The report follows two studies done by the IPCC in 2007, which said unrestrained greenhouse gas emissions could drive global temperatures, could drive global temperatures 
as high as 6 degrees Celsius by 2100, triggering a surge in ocean levels, destruction of vast number of species, economic devastation. Everything they've been saying forever, essentially. Mass human migrations, all of that stuff. And it was all supposed to happen by... Uh, 2015. 2015. Mm -hmm. this, it, this it could year. begin as soon as this year with the two-degree uh, rise in global temperature. Right, so they're saying it had to, emissions had to peak by this year. Right. Now, I don't know what... Uh, I have not looked the last uh, year or two of uh, global emissions um, in that some there have been some decreases. Um, I think in the United States has actually cut emissions, not because of solar panels, but because of natural gas. Uh, natural gas has re replaced coal because of cost mm -hmm. um, in many areas. And, of course, also, in addition to that, some uh, you know business-restricting um, uh, legislation has, has helped that as well, EPA stuff. Um, but because of that, another fossil fuel, by the way, uh, some emissions have been cut in, in certain areas. Um, I don't know if globally, though, with China and India, whether that's actually true uh, globally. But if it doesn't peak, if it doesn't, uh, we don't hit the peak by this year, we're screwed. It's basically what they told us in 2007. Here we are in 2015. We're dead. Yeah, and the, uh, the uh, temperature has not warmed 2 degrees Celsius. It has warmed 0.85 degrees Celsius. Yes. 0.85. With a nice fat margin of error on it. Because they, yeah. they don't know what it's worth. They really don't. They don't know. Uh, so more of this hysteria that turned out not to be here. Again. Still. Happy to sing to my own Oh, yeah. Where's, where's the food? Too. I'm glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Me too. Okay, we're both glad. I'm glad we uh, had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. We're not uh, glad you're here, Jeffy. Said. You yeah, just no, said, hey, the, how you doing? We're glad you're here. Talking to the audience there, like, I'm happy they're here. You? Mm. No. But no. you just said. Okay. You just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hey. I don't. I wasn't talking to you. Happy you're here. That's the, uh, that's the uncomfortable part of this. All right. Um, so should we keep going on the global warming thing? Is that interesting or worth doing? I, I, I feel like at this point we've done these stories so many times, uh, and they're just like, mm -hmm. I, no one in our audience believes it. No one who believes Al Gore is ever going to be turned. It's one of those issues that's just starting mm -hmm. to piss me off. <laughs> Although I still love the stories. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I said, you know what? We're going to move on today. Skipping. Okay. Mm -hmm. Skipping global warming. Today. Skipping it? We're skipping it All today. Right. All right. Okay. Let's do... Uh... I was uh, looking at my, my daughter's uh, homework, and they were assigned a little global warming assignment. Oh, no. You know, I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Yeah. And and that assignment has apparently continued, and because there's all kinds of really yeah, there, and 
they keep talking about it, and they keep writing about it, and they keep responding to each other on this website about it. <clears throat> There's some little what? idiot, some little idiot in her class that is just head over heels in love with global warming, just head over heels, and and nothing she says to him is true, nothing she uh, uh, believes is of course true. Um, he appreciates her opinions, but they're just <laughs> not true. <laughs> of course, the exact opposite is a reality where nothing he is saying is true. Like, uh, uh, oh, he was citing this uh, EPA report about a two and a half foot sea level rise in New York City mm-hmm. uh, by, uh, I, I think, 2025. 20, mm-hmm. Two and a half feet. Wow, that's a lot. Like, uh, that's a lot, it's man. About, that's, uh, that's gonna geez, be bad. Three, four, that's... five times as much as the last 150 years. <laughs> wow. So. Which is what I, you know, mentioned to my uh, daughter and, and may have made it onto the website, uh, along with some other things and some other facts that may have come. From <laughs> Wait, because hmm? it seems like she—it's her assignment. Yes, it and is. Then... It is her assignment. So how would the things and that you're saying? Her computer may have wound up. You know, in my lap. Really? With my fingers, strangely. <laughs> I got to tell you. These poor kids. They're walking into a buzzsaw they can't possibly understand. Oh, my gosh. This this is, that's oh. great. Uh, this uh, is, um, uh, oh. it's agonizing, though, what these kids are being indoctrinated with. I don't know if it's their parents. I don't know if there's, it's some other teachers. I, I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's agonizing. It's agonizing. And I, I'm sure all the friends get together and, Talk about the global warming they learned about in school that day, and and what they saw Bill Nye, the sci- the right. non science sure. guy, say. Oh God! Can you bring oh, in they, these exchanges without yeah, the names? I, I, I've got to see you just destroy it's... these kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at the uh, I was at the they had these like trampoline parks around here the other day. Yeah, uh, with my with my son Zach, who's three. They've been hanging out a lot at the trampoline park. We we do go to the trampoline park a mm-hmm. decent amount because it's a, it's great, and they mm-hmm. get tired. Uh, so there's a little basketball hoop uh, set up there, and you can, like, jump on the trampoline to the basketball hoop and dunk it. Now, Zach is too small to actually be able to dunk it. But, the, you know, the kids can go, and, and they jump. And he would just jump, and then he would just wind up taking a jump shot, essentially. Um, so I was just kind of standing there to the side, you know, and, like, getting ready to, like, you know, watch him go down and, and do, the, do his thing. And he's standing in line, very patiently, very well-behaved. And this fat kid comes up behind him. <laughs> Uh, who is probably, I don't know, six or seven. And he, he's, he's a, a stupid fat kid comes up behind him. <laughs> and this stupid fat kid uh, walks up behind my son and then and he goes, Hey, they don't allow babies in this line. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> and I, I just lean in and I go, what, what was that? I can't hear you. What would you say to my son? Huh? <laughs> I totally got, I was just regulating the, the freaking trampoline park. Nice. And uh, nice. the kid, had, again, I kind of was. You scared the hell out of the kid? I scared the hell out of the kid. Scared the hell out of the fat kid. Um, and, uh, it's great that we're just terrorizing the kids. Oh, I don't care. I, like, Both I'm bad us. like that. I, I, I have, a, oh, I have yeah. a bad, like, I, you know, because he is, you know, Zach, my son, is he's such a, he's such a good kid. And he's, mm. and he's, at, he's, you know, to me at least, obviously, as a parent, so much more innocent than every other child on earth. Mm-hmm. And like you could, like he's not a punk. He doesn't go up and he doesn't push kids. He doesn't go up. And he doesn't say like say, he's just a good kid. And other kids, I see oh, all the right. time this happen. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I, he doesn't when he. Uh, he 
It's, it's kids like, like Jeffy as a child that are coming up and telling my kid he's a baby in line, mm -hmm. and then they get regulated. Uh, yeah. And okay? then if they got regulated, if that would have been me, I would have said, I told them there's no babies in this line, and then I, sir. Yeah, then you would have been bouncing off of something else <laughs> instead of the trampoline. Of this wow. The, the oh, wow. Who was going to take physical action <laughs> I against was. this five-year-old? It's funny. It was not quite as dramatic as how, I was trying how, to get. Uh, how old do you think it was the kid? I feel like he was like six or seven, but I was pissed off. Don't come yeah, in there and freaking terrorize my child. I don't blame you. I'd be pissed, too. Well, I'd be pissed, too. And this is, but it happens. Like you don't, sometimes you don't. Like, it does. The point of that was to say mm. that he didn't know. I mean, because I was standing right there, but he didn't realize that I was this right. kid's dad. And it's like, well, you know, he was, you know. He turned around really fast. It's the same thing that happens with, with you online. Like, this poor kid is like, oh, I'm much smarter than this little girl. She doesn't know anything about global warming. And right. then you have a nationally syndicated talk show host <laughs> destroying him for the argument. Doesn't seem right, it does it, when you put fair. it that way? No, actually, I had a friend once who, um, who uh, he, he had become friendly with one of the teachers at school. And he, he a cool guy. And uh, he would talk to him about how this other teacher hated his guts and always gave him uh, bad grades. So uh, one time, you know, the other teacher was like, yeah, whatever. I've heard this. I hear this from every single kid that walks in here that some teacher hates him and gives him bad grades. So they had this writing assignment. And as an experiment, they had the teacher write the writing assignment. And then the kid handed it in to see what would happen. Got a uh, C plus on it. Uh, that's great. It was a Ivy, Ivy League educated teacher. Wrote the paper Jeez. and gave, the kid got a C plus. <laughs> this, but kind again, of proves the point. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. proves the point. But the, mm -hmm. the teacher doesn't know when you don't know what you're walking into. This is why uh, yeah. you know you don't invade Russia in the winter. Uh, there are reasons why you should always know the battlefield you're about to play on. Yes. And that little six-year-old now knows. <laughs> Bastard. So does that idiot little fourteen or fifteen-year-old <laughs> online little creep, global warming creep. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrorizing children. This is this is our fun. I mean, we have to come in here and work hard and talk about the end of the world, but then we get uh -huh. to go home and terrorize your kids. Congratulations, <laughs> and you're welcome. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. All right. Now, apparently, scarfing chocolates, wine, and carbs is now the secret to losing weight. Of course, it is. Experts reveal that eighty six percent of successful dieters eat treats and still keep the pounds off. According to a U.S. study, uh, quick-fix meal plans don't work with the vast majority of dieters. Well, I guess this is like Nutrisystem, right? Or Jenny Craig. You eat those meal plans, and then and it's prepackaged food, and it does fine while you're eating it. Mm -hmm. The second you go off it... The weight starts coming back. That's why it's right, a lifestyle. But that's, right? Right? But it's, that's, that's why it's a lifestyle change. Right, that's kind of yeah, exactly. It's like kind of saying like, look, you you will continue to save money until you start spending it, and then right. you're not saving it exactly. anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, of course, when you're not doing but, the diet, you're going to gain weight. But yeah, but the thing is, you have to change your behavior. Right. You have to change yeah. your eating habits. Yes, it has to be a long term. And, and change. by going on Nutrisystem for two months, you're not changing your behavior. You're just you're okay. You are for two months. But then you're right back to where you were. Yeah, you need to commit. Sure, all to diets work. I, mean, all I actually kind of sure. Sure, sure. I actually pretty much believe that. I mean, most of these diets, you know, you talk about low carb, low fat, paleo, low calorie, uh, South Beach. How many Atkins? How many diets have we gone through? All these cycles of trends and fads and everything else. The bottom line to most of them is they all pretty much work Absolutely. if you follow them. 
I mean, the but mm -hmm. what's hard about it is actually mm -hmm. following them, having right. the self-control to follow Forever. them. You know, when you go through these things and you and you're able to limit yourself to these, you know, uh, you know, I mean, uh, right. uh, same thing with, fast, with simple, simple to lose. Yeah, the same, same thing. thing. Like choices do. You know, we joke yeah. around. Choices yeah. do have consequences. They do. And if you Either go good off, or bad. yeah, you go off the diet. Just like if you go on a spending spree, your bank account gets smaller. You go on a big eating spree, like I did this past weekend, you get fatter. That's what goes on. <laughs> yeah, that's the consequence of yeah. it. But a UK uh, research study found that the secret to long-term slimming isn't cutting out, but cutting back on sugary or fatty foods. I mean, it's kind of not brain surgery, is yeah. it? It's true, and it's uh, it's something that I think is uh, we kind of talked about dad bod yesterday. Uh, remember the dad oh, yeah, bod yeah, segment yeah. we did yesterday, which mm -hmm. is apparently this new thing online, in which if you're kind of fat but used to be in shape, then you have a dad bod. Which it would be interesting, as somebody pointed out in one of these articles. Imagine the furor if uh, freaking people were calling uh, the slightly out of shape woman the mom bod. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. We'd be talking about the war on women. Mm -hmm. The View would be running segments daily about how horrible our country has become. Mm -hmm. But the dad bod is the dad bod. Yeah, so what? We're a little bit of shape and, and we yeah. suck. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, you kind of get that by uh, you go a little bit overboard here and there. Maybe uh, instead of the two pieces of pizza, you have the eight pieces of pizza. But there's no reason you can't have pizza. There's no reason you can't have, uh, you know, uh, certain snacks and, 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 and you know, treats and things like that that doesn't help you lose weight it just helps you stay on the diet long term that's the difference all these mm -hmm. you know, there's all these studies all the time that show this stuff that you know well if you actually if you uh, you know if you, the, the one i always love is the diet soda as you know i'm obsessed with diet soda and they release these studies they're like well did you know that if you're on diet soda you could gain weight well, yeah, and then you look at the you look at the breakdown, and it's like, well, yeah, these people just also happen to eat 500 Sundays right. as well with the diet soda. Which one do you think is making them gain weight? Uh, and it's 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 a, it's one of those things where staying on it is not the diet's fault. Mm -hmm. If you decide to go off of the eating plan, well, that's your fault at that point. Uh, I do it all the time, and it's my fault when I do it. Yeah. But you want, to, you want to enjoy life, too, so a little bit of that is okay. But my wife's deal with, with like, Nutrisystem or Jenny Craig is, like, you're not going to be on it forever. Mm -hmm. So why don't you just cut back on the food now mm -hmm. and change your eating habits? Yeah. It's really hard to do. And, and as we know, uh, a little easier said than done. Yeah, uh, much easier said than <laughs> As you're looking at us. Yeah. But uh, that's obviously the key to it. Um, eating fruit could make you more hungry because of the, of the sugar it triggers, uh, and it triggers cravings, according to experts. So, I mean, this is, I'm seeing this all over the web. The worst food in the world you can eat. And there's a, there's a banana picture. <laughs> worst food in the world for your diet is a banana. Nah, I don't yeah, think until so. Until next week when it's celery. Yeah. You know, I it's know. always something. I know. You don't you don't make any money by saying, I don't know, stick to the basics and limit your portions. I don't know. A pizza dog might be worse than a banana. A Wait, what is a, a pizza, pizza dog? dog? Can you explain a pizza uh, dog? It's, a, it's string cheese, a hot dog and bun, pepperonis, marinara sauce, and mozzarella. Oh, I gotta Let's see take this. a look at the pizza dog. Mm. Uh, does this look okay. good to you? Because you, you split the... Put, okay, split the cheese, cheese and put the cheese in. Oh, that looks that good. That does look good. Oh, look at that. And then you pile more cheese. Now pepperoni. And then you bake, bake it, it in hello. the oven. What's wrong with that? Oh, 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 that looks oh, tremendous. Oh. 
It's a pizza. No, it's a hot dog. No, no it's a pizza dog. I really like the uh, delicious the mozzarella stick that. inside the hot dog. That's a great yeah, you slice open the hot dog. You put the mozzarella stick in it. Then you pile more cheese on it. Oh. Then you put pepperoni on top. And then you bake it at 350. And you take it out, and you've got a delicious pizza. Oh, my freaking right. golly and, sakes alive. And we Look have the uh, example ones here for us, the Chase Fantastic. Test. Um, All right, we're ready for those, Natasha. Go. If you would. Those out, please. Pizza dogs. I can't wait to try it because it looks really good. Yeah, it does look really good. I do have the version I can eat. Is that uh, almost enough to make you go non-vegetarian? <laughs> I could actually make that pretty easily vegetarian. They have, the, the vegetarian hot dogs are pretty good. Actually, it's one Are of they really? Things. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. and, uh, and what they have meat out of? Some uh, kind of protein loaf, obviously. Yeah, some sort of uh, yeah. protein. protein. I don't know exactly. Well, no. They're, not. they're just made they're out of regular meat. <laughs> they're actually just made out of the worst meat than the regular meat. <laughs> like the rejected ones, they just put in a vegetarian it's package. The hot dog breakers. They're made out of the horse that didn't win the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to coming up. Seriously, where are the, the, the pizza dogs? I think they're coming out right now. If we could just get those, uh, wheel them are in they, here. We'll probably get kind of get them in. Oh yeah. Are they maybe in the oven? They, uh, mm. Wait till the cheese is brown on the top, just yeah, a little bit, okay, mm. before yes. they bring them Because yeah, you gotta have that in the bread a little crusty. I'm proud of you for coming back. Back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I them to know. That's good. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's uh, it's patents too. Uh, new NBC president Andy Lack is apparently reevaluating. This will surprise you. A lot of the MSNBC programming. Why would you? Why would you? Hey, leave perfection alone, my friend. Maybe he's thinking though about extending all of the shows because they're so good. Well, it better be that. Right? Because we don't want any of it to change. Let me just throw this out here. I mean, NBC Universal has a lot of channels. What if Ed mm -hmm. Schultz had his own channel? You know, something like that. The you have yeah. Ed Schultz channel, the Rachel Maddow channel, the Chris Matthews <coughs> channel. Right. And they were just on all the time. You followed them around. You watched mm -hmm. them go to the bathroom. Um, you know, whatever mm -hmm. they needed to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Donald lie. <laughs> he was apparently given the authority and the autonomy from Comcast to clean house if he wants to. Um, so most of the media attention has been focused on what he'll do with nightly news. And, and you know, that is interesting because Brian Williams not coming back. No here's way. here's the big secret that we all know and have known since day one, not coming back. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, uh, Lester Hayes or whatever his name is. Holt, what it is? Lester Holt. Lester Holt. <laughs> Why do you hate Lester? So I don't. He's actually decent. He does. He's pretty good. He's fine. He's not bad. He's not, there's nothing wrong with him. Okay. He's losing he, to uh, David. Yeah, David he's Muir. losing to David freaking Muir from ABC. That's just wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. But why are you so obsessed with this man? <laughs> I just, I'm just. He's in love with it. Lester Holt. Loves Lester Holt. That's loves one thing it. people don't know about Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he loves, he loves Lester, Lester Holt. Holt. <laughs> when, when you, see, if you ever were to see an interview, if anybody was interested enough, which they're not, never will be. <laughs> but if anybody had any interest in Jeffy, they would say, Jeffy, what is this fascination you have? What is? Tell us the one thing. The people don't, most people wouldn't know about you. And you would say, I'm in love with Lester Holt. <laughs> I love him. I don't think he'd say that. He'd probably say something more like spoons. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably more like true. <laughs> like spoons. Uh, but we already spoons. know to tell them something they spoons. don't know. Spoons. 
Oh. Oh. They, don't they, know. they do know oh. the spoons. That's true. But uh, <laughs> MSNBC is a larger, more complex problem, obviously, than, uh, than NBC Nightly News. Mediaite has learned that uh, Lack is now beginning to take an active role in the huge task of trying to uh, fix the left-leaning ship. Specifically, he's now apparently attending uh, MSNBC chief Phil Griffin's 1130 editorial meetings. And to quote one witness, he regularly appears <laughs> underwhelmed with the story pitches. I bet. Uh, also, a couple weeks ago, the executive producers of Now with Alex Wagner, which um, exists... I didn't know that. Uh, the Ed Show and All In with Chris Hayes were told to prepare sizzle reels of their best uh, program, the best that their programs have to offer. Sizzle reels are like kind of like a demo tape, or you know, uh, sort of like your video resume of a show. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, now we don't we don't do those because we there's no sizzle. Um, it's just well, it's just like this. there is at MSNBC. No, well, that's true. No, no. Um, they've also been told that he's considering a total overhaul of the daytime programming. <laughs> Uh, the days of Lack's predecessor uh, deferring to Griffin's judgment on programming are apparently officially over at MSNBC. And, you know, it's long overdue. How, who has ever been given this amount of time uh, to fix a piece of crap like that that has no ratings? Seriously, when in the history of broadcast media, whether it's radio or television or anything that's put out and rated by a national rating service, and you get ratings this bad, when has anybody ever given this kind of... When have they be, ever been given that kind of time? I, I, I can't think of it. Ever. No, I mean, it's just you just you basically turn it off, you flip formats, yeah. you, you try something else. I mean, yep. uh, that's kind of what most stations would do. So, I mean, they've been so committed to this left-wing agenda that they've left it alone to do whatever it wants to for a long time. But now... I'm sure it's costing NBC Universal so much that they're like, okay, get it fixed. This is ridiculous. I mean, the agenda's great, but now we need money. And, and that's probably what they're going to focus on. And I, I don't know what you do with that piece of crap at this point. You've ruined it to such an extent that what do you do now to fix that? Well, I mean, H2... Just uh, which was History Channel, the sequel mm -hmm. um, is now flipping to Vice. Have you heard that? Uh, Vice uh, got a channel. Are they really? Yeah, they've Are been they close to having other channels in the past. Yeah. Uh, now apparently do have that channel, but that's kind of what you wind up doing, right? You kind of just say, all right, well, let's just blow it up and something put something else on. Completely new. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, MSNBC is a brand mm. that is so destroyed by the people they put on the air. I don't think it's savable. I mean, it's it is. A national embarrassment, let's be honest. I mean, even if you have some people who are talented there, which I think I'm sure you do, um, it, it would be better for them to just be on something, even if you called it something different. It's like Al Jazeera. You throw Al Jazeera on, well, wait, you mean the people who were hiding Osama bin Laden are now going to bring me my news? Even if now they are turned around, as Hillary Clinton says, and they're this wonderful news source, uh, you know, you, you, at some point you need to rebrand. Common Core, good example. Ask Mike Huckabee. Right. Wants to rebrand and change uh, the name of it, but not retreat. Because uh, do you go conservative with it? Then you're running up against the Fox News. Yeah. That battle was lost a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go uh, more just down the middle with it, then I guess you're trying to go up against CNN. And, and maybe you have a chance there because CNN is doing movies now. 
I mean, what are they doing at CNN? Don't they do a lot of movies and, and yeah, a lot of documentaries? documentaries and stuff. Yeah, you know, watch watch this man go and eat things in a strange land. Yeah, that's, that's kind of their programming. <laughs> yes, um, which again is actually much better than their old programming. I mean, a lot of it's actually pretty well done, and some of it's interesting, but it's it's expensive, and uh, you know whether you can bring in big numbers with that, it's, it's somewhat questionable. I don't know what MSNBC does with it, honestly. I mean, it's a it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Part of me thinks they should just flip NBC Sports to that uh, time slot and try to do, you know, just, just flip-flop them. But I've on, heard talk of that. Yeah. I mean, I, then maybe go sports. Yeah, well, they I do have an NBC Sports channel, um, which, you know, does, isn't in as many homes, I don't think, as, as, as MSNBC. Regardless, mm. you've got to do something with it. You can't keep it just nonstop mindless liberalism. I mean, it just doesn't work in this country. No, you I mean, can't. The Ber- Bernie Sanders isn't winning in the election. This is breaking news for most people. <laughs> um, but you're, you're essentially, look at your host. You're... Under control host fawns over Bernie Sanders, who's an avowed socialist. The one who's the sensible one on your network, Mm -hmm. the one who's really thought things out, is fawning over Bernie Sanders, a guy (laughs) who thinks Norway is better than the United States. Uh, Look, I don't know how you expect to win with that. And remember, she's the one who's thinking about things. Then you have Ed Schultz on and Al Sharpton, who are Mm -hmm. completely nonsensical. Uh, you know, I don't know what you do. Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah. Uh, another socialist, an avowed yeah. socialist. Another a guy who admitted on the air he's a socialist. I, at least I thought it was an interview, a uh, print interview, but whatever. He definitely did say it. Yeah, he did. Um, and, you know, I, how many socialists can you have on the air? I, I, what? Maybe if you have a show that's based in Moscow, you can put on this many socialists <laughs> and get away with it. But this is the United States. I know. I know. It's really amazing. I mean, to be honest, they've really done amazing. pretty well considering the viewpoints. Yeah. I mean, like, we always make fun of them for their ratings. But considering the viewpoints they're espousing, you, you're kind of surprised that many people will watch it. Yes. I think, honestly, I the definitely. NBC yeah. part of that brings in enough people that they can not have zero listeners or true. viewers every night. But uh, that's true. You know, it's pretty ugly. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. I feel sorry for Lester. Are you know by the way, uh, last week's uh, most watched newscast of uh, Lester Wolf. So back up. <laughs> what is your deal with anyway, you love him so much? What are the most Why don't you marry him? <laughs> Seriously <laughs> It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Welcome to it. The uh, founder of Mother's Day, uh, apparently we find out now, later fought to have it abolished. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Uh, And there she is in all of her loveliness. Um, uh, Anna Jarvis was dining at the tea room at Wanamaker's department store in Philadelphia. She saw they were offering a Mother's Day salad. She ordered the salad, and when it was served, she stood up, dumped it on the floor, left money to pay for it, and walked out in a huff. She'd lost control of the holiday she helped create, and she was crushed by her belief that commercialism was destroying Mother's Day. I think if I remember the story right, she was a big progressive and uh, pushed for mm-hmm. Mother's Day. And, of course, people like their moms, so people mm-hmm. went along with it. And then, of course, oh, the evils of capitalism and presence or something. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah, so typical. A Mother's Day salad, is that big a deal? Right. It's really? actually nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, stupid. 
During the Civil War, Anna's mother, Ann Jarvis, uh, cared for the wounded on both sides of the conflict. She also tried to orchestrate peace between the Union and Confederate moms by forming a Mother's Friendship Day. When the elder uh, Jarvis passed away in 1905, her daughter was devastated. She would read the sympathy cards and letters over and over, taking time to underline the words and, and that praised and complimented her mom. Then she found an outlet to uh, memorialize her mother by working to promote a day that would honor all mothers. But then you know what happened? There was a salad that was named after the day. There was a salad. Vegetables. The, or lettuce. Uh, I'm not sure. Is lettuce considered a that vegetable? That is a vegetable. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And there might have been some cheese there. So, bottom line is she was kind of nuts. Some dressing. Uh, and uh, you know, she was, you know, well, she was nuts. nuts. Uh, Woodrow Wilson was, wasn't Woodrow Wilson yes, involved in this as well? 1914, yeah. he made it uh, signed the proclamation. Second Sunday of the month. Bastard. Yeah. Um, should we do, as we're talking about parents and children, the uh, this uh, funniest letters adults have received from uh, children? Uh, this is uh, Daily Mail has put these together. Uh, let's uh, see if we can do some of these. Um, the dear... funniest letters adults have received from children. <laughs> dear Mrs. Clark, <laughs> I heard uh, you did not feel good. Will when that happen, here's a trick to learn just go poop. That's good advice. <laughs> I think it will help. Okay. Uh, he goes apparently. I'm every not morning. kidding. Mm -hmm. It works with me every morning. I, I fell bad, so Tust, remember, <laughs> uh, when, when you, you feel bad, the first thing you do is poop. It's actually that one was not from. It was from Jeffy. <laughs> uh, Again, I repeat, it's good advice. It is good advice. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, good drawings though on that, Jeffy. Yeah, I like, that. It was, uh, I like your artwork. Thank you. I, I hope you get a lot of presents and a happy Merry Christmas. And you are fat. Now we wrote that one to Jeffy. Uh, <laughs> and you, and are, you fat. are fat. <laughs> okay, what? I actually not, believe that you said that. Is that, not that, cool. that is not cool. That is not cool. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, Christmas. shut up. And you it's are fat. Cool. Why would you do that? Seriously, I don't care how old you are. Why would you do that? And you are fat. Because was it wasn't thinking. related to the material involved. No, it really wasn't. Like, when we say it, it it's, it's just to point out, because Jeffy doesn't always understand <laughs> what we're trying to say. Uh, that one was just mean. Here's a good one oh. from a kid. Okay. I am, uh, to, to, his, uh, to his parents, I am running away because you think I farted when I didn't. Mm. <laughs> P.S. You are mean. Mm. It's true. Because you, you thought he farted. And so that's pretty mean. And so it's a good reason to leave well, home. Well, you don't want to run away necessarily for that, but it is an important uh, distinction to make. Uh, I think you do want to run away. Okay. Mom, thank you, Mom, for making don't me food so mm. I don't die. Mm -hmm. Nice little uh, warm Mother's Day message. Okay. That's nice. That is nice. All right. Then we have the uh, ever-lovely Dear Mom. Thank you so much for being my mom. If I had a different mom, I would punch her in the face and go find you. <laughs> That's Think nice. about it. It's great. Okay. It's good. A little Mother's Day love there. Mm -hmm. uh, dear Dad, I love you, but, I, you, but you can't cut my hair. If you do, I will never forgive you. I love my hair and guess you don't love me enough to do what I want for a change, my heart, buckets of my tears. I mean, I... My belief is that's probably not in the top 14 funniest that's, letters of all that's time. That's so cute. No. Shut up. You're getting a haircut. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Pat. I'm angry at you, and I'm not talking to you today and, and tomorrow. P.S. All day. P.S.S. <laughs> I still love you. Yeah, 
it's cute, but I don't know. Funniest? Uh, no. 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 Dear Mom and Dad, uh, don't bother to give me dinner. Uh, I'm not that hungry from the saddest person in the world. <laughs> this is uh, hard right. to quantify. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it takes... <laughs> that's great. Um, to his dad, he writes, it takes balls to be a dad, Joseph. Technically right. a, uh, accurate in many Fact. cases. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do one more. Uh, dear Santa, I hope you understand you can skip me because the kids on the coast need more than me. Say hi to the elves and give the reindeer some carrots. For me. Oh, that's nice. Actually, hey, kid. No, I better not say that. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea there, Pat. Yeah, um, yeah then, I thought uh, better of that. Real let's quick. do the rock stars with the mom and dad. I think we teased this yesterday. Uh, Eric Clapton. Did. Do we have that? Uh, he was uh, his gra his grandmother Rose Clapp, who raised Eric from infancy. Uh, this is at their home in Surrey, England. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's mom and Eric. No, that's grandma. Mm -hmm. Grandma and Eric. Mm -hmm. When Eric was really quite young. Mm. Look at him there. How about Elton John and his mommy? There uh, you go. Aww. Look at Elton. All right. <laughs> look at Elton. And who's the guy? Is that dad or not? I don't know. Or somebody else. <laughs> the magic uh, Stepfather Fred Stood Fairbrother. Okay. All right. With David Crosby, uh, with his father, cinematographer uh, Floyd Crosby. Oh, you know his dad hates him. In Ohio, <laughs> Ohio <laughs> California. Oh, he just does. Why? You can tell. Look at him. You can tell. Look at him looking down his nose at him. Look at that. Like, you stinking hippie. Get out of my yep. house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank Zappa's mom. Do we have that one, too? Uh, Crosby oh. did say, though, in the last few years, we've become good friends. He knows I get high. He doesn't do it, and he doesn't approve of it, but he doesn't inflict his values oh, on me. Oh, see? So they do. You mean values it. like the legal barrier for. Yeah. Wait. Consumption. Frank Zappa had parents? No I way. <laughs> No way. There you go. I don't know about you, though. I don't really care about... Uh, this is a... Uh, which one's this? I know this one's not on my list. Oh, That's Jackson 5. Jackson 5. In the, is that in the, the Brady, Brady Bunch house? house? It looks like the Brady Bunch house. Sure does. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, but uh, No, just that's not home. their home. It does no, that's their Brady home Bunch looks like the Brady Bunch house. It does. Look at that. And they, as we know, they had a wonderful, wonderful family. Uh, so there you go. Why, why do you say it like that? Because... Um, uh, what's his face? Was it Tom Jackson or Al? What did you get uh, your mom for um, Joe? Joe Jackson. Yeah. Joe Jackson, yeah. What did you I get? mean, he loved them so much he made them stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he also abused them. Uh, for Mother's Day, uh, I'm uh, just entering my mom in the contest to get a call from Hillary Clinton. Um, I'm hoping that if she can win. I, it, that's all I'm going to do. Uh, but you can do that. Mm -hmm. If you enter and win the contest, Hillary will call you. Can you imagine oh, the, the incredible joy. pride the incredible you joy. would feel? By oh, having someone joy, like Hillary Clinton joy, joy, talk joy. to a little oh, zero nothing like you and your mom. <laughs> I mean, she is royalty, and you oh, are nothing. Right. And she will take the time to call you? No, she won't. It's amazing. That's not true. That can't be true. It's amazing. I don't think it's true. That can't be true, because she's too good. Mm. She's too wonderful. She's too phenomenal. She's too much. She it's not going to be right on Mother's Day, is it? Because she's a mother and she should be home celebrating. That's true, but I do believe that is what's going to happen. Oh, boy. Um, all you need to do is enter your email address and zip code, and they promise they will never email you again after this. <laughs> this is a one-time entering into a contest. Uh -huh. It's not about building her email list for donations. That's not what it is. 
No. She just wants to talk to you and your mom. Why don't you let her do that? That's all she wants. She cares about you because she is, she was dead broke just like you. Yeah. Um, she only had $50 yeah. million when she needed more than mm. that. And because of you, she mm. can help fight income inequality today. Mm -hmm. uh, so call or leave your address or something on her email and she'll, I don't know, she'll call you. She'll call and you and she, your mom. And she'll make you and feel important. Like yeah. as if someone of her level cared about you, which is not true, obviously, but it's possible in theory that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she can make you feel that way falsely for one day. Well, is it possible that a human can feel some sort of compassion for a ladybug? Yes. Mm hmm in that same way, Hillary may have some feeling for you and your mom. You know, people used to do that thing. I think it was Wayne's where they were not worthy. You're not worthy. No. Okay, you're not worthy of her calling you. But if you enter this contest, maybe you can aspire one day to get a call from her highness. Wow. What, what a glorious day that would be. <laughs> can you imagine talking to Hillary Clinton? Uh, I can't. I can't. It's too much. It's too much for me. I can't even. I can't even cope with it. You see, the owner of uh, the business, the uh, uh, Comics Experience in San Francisco, who was all about raising the minimum wage, had people go out and pick it for it, supported it big time, and then he did the math. And now he's not as well. Much after it's it. passed, he did the math. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. He didn't do I, the math before it was passed. No, he did oh. not. I mean, how dumb is that? kind of dumbass are you? Really, you have a business, and you have all these employees, and now you got to pay them instead of seven twenty-five an hour, you got to pay them twelve twenty-five an hour, and that's going to be bumped up to fifteen dollars an hour by two thousand eight. And you are only now say, uh, wait, how much does that cost? <laughs> I should do a spreadsheet <laughs> and figure out what the cost of my business is of this proposal I'm supporting. He says, here's what he says after he did the math. I was appalled. My jaw dropped. 80000 a yeah. year? I didn't know that. Yeah, hey, dumbass. That's what we've been trying to tell you. I thought we were talking about a small amount of money, something I could absorb. We're for a living wage, for a minimum wage in principle. <laughs> but I think any law that doesn't look at whether people can pay may not be the best way to go. I... <laughs> I love, love that this story. I love it, too. I love it, too. Problem is now he uh, uh, is going, you know, he's got a couple of choices. What are you going to do? You're going to raise your prices, right? Or you're going to fire employees or you're going to close your business. Um, apparently, the cornerstone of the business, the, the comic books and graphic novels, they already have the retail price printed on the cover. So actually, he can't do that now. Mm hmm. Also, his store is usually staffed by only one counter worker, which makes reducing the store's labor force impossible. Interesting, though, that that was the option, by the way, which right. we also were telling you when you were out there protesting for it. So what's his genius idea now? He's going to start a special club with an annual fee of $240, whose members get some kind of special perk. If I could uh, paraphrase Rush Limbaugh for a moment, mm -hmm. I hope he fails. <laughs> <laughs> when you go out there and you screw every other freaking business owner yeah. in that community, and then you didn't even yeah. bother to do the math to see how it would work for your own company, I mean, this is what has created all of these problems in our country. Because people like him go out there and don't give a crap 
what the actual facts are about the story. You don't care what actually does to other businesses. You don't even look into don't it. Don't even look into until it. Until it's too late. You go out there and you feel wonderful in your protest. Dummy. And then you close down businesses and get people yeah. fired. I mean, look, I, you know. No, it's hard to have it's an hard to have ounce any sympathy. of sympathy for nope. this guy. Uh, more Patton Stewart coming up in a so stupid. Well, I think it cost a lot of money. Hey, thousand dollars. It went up. It went up five dollars an hour. I didn't think that would add up to anything. I thought, what? That'll be what? Ten dollars at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Beautiful morning to the morning time. Morning to you. Check traffic and weather together every seven minutes on the nines. Coming up here in a few minutes. Of course. Right? Uh, I found an interesting article, Stu. You did? Where did I, you find it? I found it in uh, cracked.com because that's where I look for all my interesting That's articles. your homepage. Uh, <laughs> it's not, but it should be. It probably, I'm going to make it my homepage this what very site? day. What's it? Cracked.com. Oh, I thought you said one of mine. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Anyway, it's uh, 28 great movie moments that were created uh, by ignoring the script. Uh, and here's one of them behind us right now, apparently. Uh, that's where that uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey yeah. did the chest thump in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he does. I mean, you haven't seen that, Pat, probably. but uh, I saw it on the previews. You did? Yeah, yeah. he does the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of an iconic uh, moment, uh, and uh, they started doing it between the scenes, and they decided it would be a good thing to try during the scene. Uh, a couple of others here for you. This is—is uh, is it a great scene? I mean, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good scene. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene. It was a good movie. It wasn't unbelievable. Um, Michael J. Fox was able to nail the hanging scene in Back to the Future Three by accidentally hanging himself. His hands were meant to prevent him from cutting off his air, but. On the third take, he got the position wrong. Uh-oh. Uh, oopsies. He swung unconscious at the end of the rope for several seconds before Z- Bob Zemeckis uh, thought he was fan of mine, though he was, realized even I wasn't that good of an actor. That's from Michael J. Fox, obviously, saying that. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. He was a fan. So we say Bob was a fan of his, but he, but he knew realized he wasn't that good of an actor. Yeah. Uh, so when Steven Spielberg wanted Karen Allen to scream, he dropped a dead snake on her head in Indiana Jones. That was the second one, right? A dead python, which, uh, as she says, Steven had left on ice for three days uh, until uh, it was completely decayed. It was completely slimed. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. Uh, another spontaneous movie moment, everybody. Was when uh, Dustin Hoffman yelled, I'm walking here. They were walking here. I'm walking here! In Midnight Cowboy because the car almost hit him. Yeah, that was for real. I remember they talked about that. It's another movie I haven't seen. Hmm. Uh, The film was being shot with hidden cameras in New York City, and just as the actors were crossing the street, a cab ran a red light, nearly hit him. Hoffman almost shouted, I'm acting here instead. Probably would not have been as successful. Probably not. (laughs) Uh, The actors in the first film adaptation of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory had never seen the chocolate room before the cameras were rolling. Kids hadn't seen Gene Wilder until he did his I've Got a Limp 
Sekai don't routine. Yeah, that, they did look pretty amazed as they walked yeah. into that room. Uh, mm -hmm. I still love that freaking movie. I know people. Uh, Do you really? Oh, I hated this, the, re, the redo. No, that yeah, that was not awful. good. No. Caddyshack director Harold Ramis uh, told Bill Murray to be a kid who pretends he's a sports broadcaster, turned him loose without a script in uh, Caddyshack, obviously. <laughs> what an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown <laughs> comes out of nowhere to lead the pack at Augusta. In one take, Murray had lived the monologue that made the American Film Institute's top 100 quotations. Yeah, he's really good in that. He's, yeah. Yeah, he oh, was, God, he's his movie career, the, especially at the beginning, was awesome. It's he's had some awesome. great moments since too. I mean, he he had different types of he movies. Has, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, this is uh, from uh, the Warriors. Uh, the taunt in that movie, improvised by David Patrick Kelly. Don't uh, don't don't know that at all. Warriors come out to play. Oh, yeah. That was the big line. Okay. Richard. Warriors, he snapped two bottles together. Yeah, why isn't Jeffy doing these? He's the one that knows all these free. He's the one watching TV 24 hours a day. <laughs> That's a classic, True. iconic scene from that movie. True. Warriors. Uh, in. Uh, in, uh, how does he do that? How does he go again? Warriors. And he has two bottles in his face. Okay. All right. And then in, uh, in Pretty Woman, Richard Gere was just goofing around when he snapped the jewelry box closed in Pretty Woman. Gere was just supposed to hold it open for Julia Roberts, but instead he playfully snapped it shut when she reached for the necklace. And everybody loves Roberts' laugh so was much. so genuine, they kept the scene. Uh -huh. Oh, that's adorable. I Isn't may that wonderful? or may not have watched a two-hour documentary on the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off last night. And uh, if I had done that, uh, mm -hmm. you, you realize how much crazy crap goes behind, it goes behind the scenes of this movie. I mean, of course, the documentary was actually longer than the movie. Um, that's uh, one weird step, but there was this one point part where, because you know John Hughes was the director of this, and he had done all these other teen movies, mm -hmm. and they were like Breakfast Club and things like that that had like those powerful monologues that were serious about being a teen, you know, it was all that stuff. So I guess a lot of that was in Ferris Bueller uh, initially, and they took it all out because it was just like getting in the way of it being a funny movie. Right. Um, but there was one scene they left in, which was when Sloane Sloane Peterson. Um, was uh, walking with Cameron as as Ferris is singing, and she says something. They're like kind of like despondent about their future. Like, oh, I'm not gonna go to college. I don't know what's gonna happen. And she says, some, "The light is unbelievable." It was like, "Yeah, well, luckily I'm a woman, so I could just get knocked up and never have to worry about it." Like, <laughs> it was like some really weird line like that, and it turned off the test audiences so much. Just taking that line out completely reversed the test scores. Wow, and really? convinced them it was actually going to be a successful movie. It was that oh, bad. It like ruined women's opinions of this movie. Jeez. It was a really kind of a weird line to stick in there. And I guess yeah. it was just a sarcastic line, but people didn't get it, huh. which is weird. Hopefully you that guys do funny. get sarcasm because if not, we're really <laughs> screwed. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> Did you know Leonard Nimoy invented the Vulcan nerve pinch? I didn't know that. No. I, I didn't know that. Script of the Enemy Within called for Spock to take evil Kirk out with a haymaker. Uh, Nimoy instead <laughs> reasoned that Spock would have a more elegant yeah. attack. True. And he came Absolutely. up with the uh, He would not be punching. That's no, not that's what true. Spock would do. True. It would be like a nice little put down. Although, as we all know, Vulcans are incredibly powerful. Much, much stronger than human beings. Really? And if he did punch him, he'd hurt him bad. Hurt him bad. Hurt him bad. Hurt him bad. No, you need to. Because just looks like that. I wish that would actually work. Did you ever try that on somebody? It doesn't uh, work. Yes, it does not work. Yeah, I tried it when I was a kid. It didn't work.